1: Hi, it's Caroline Stevens, financial journalist. It is all about the brain in today's episode of Talking Trading. How fit is your brain? Are you a morning person? Do you love novelty? How much time do you spend on technology? Well, on today's show, neuroscience author Dr. Jenny Brockers talks about brain fitness and practical tools you can use to improve your thinking in particular we talk about some of the things that traders need to be aware of such as dopamine hits and how to deal with the inevitable feelings of a series of losses louise bedford also joins the brain conversation in mind power and she takes you through 10 things you can do to improve your brain as you age a few years ago my father died
0: of a complication called Louise body dementia. Now it is related to Alzheimer's and straight dementia and I do think it is something that more and more of us will either face personally because we'll be in the situation where we will experience symptoms of memory loss or we're going to face it as a third party because we will be the carer for somebody with that type of situation. Now, what I wanted to do today is to talk to you about some of the latest research in the Alzheimer's area. It is such a significant growth area and there are some things that you can do to stem the development of Alzheimer's in your own brain. You can build a better brain as you age. Now, I will be drawing very heavily on the works of David Bennett, who has made it a lifetime exploration into exploring Alzheimer's. Now, firstly, there's nothing that you can do about choosing your parents well, ideally, if you were In a situation where you could have learned another language, where you could have learned another instrument, all of these things would help as well as avoiding any emotional neglect. Certainly that's nothing that we can do about our own situation. But for our children, we can make sure that we extend their horizons. Secondly, to stem Alzheimer's and the effect of Alzheimer's, you can engage in regular cognitive and physical activity. See, the brain and the mind are inextricably related. I love the thought of trading because it is something that you can do into very, very old age. One of my favourite people that I personally trained, Ted, he was 98 and he still had active trades On in the markets the week before he died. I think it kept him young. You can also strengthen and maintain social ties. This is very important. If you have a trading buddy, say thank you, express gratitude. Make sure that you get involved with your local trading buddy groups. This is really important. They've shown in many studies, particularly where you have a village of incredibly old people over the age of 100, that social ties are one of the key things keep them young. Another thing that you can do and number four on our list is to get out and explore new things. Trading is a fantastic way of staying young because you aren't governed by your age in terms of your results and there is an endless source of intellectual fascination you can pursue. Number five is chillax and be happy. So by that, I mean you need to find some ways of either meditating or doing yoga or doing something to relax your busy, busy mind and to focus on optimism instead of pessimism. Number six is avoid people who are downers, especially close family members. The research suggests that if you have pessimistic close family members, that actually increases your own chances of experiencing Alzheimer's. Sounds scary, doesn't it? I've especially got some of those people in my family, and I imagine a big bubble surrounding me when I'm near them, so that their words just bounce off that bubble and they don't enter my heart. Number seven is be conscientious and diligent. Make sure there's something that you're striving for. Make sure it's detailed enough to hold your fascination. And also, number eight is spend time engaged in activities that are meaningful and goal-directed. Clearly I'm coming out on the side of trading to help us with that as well. I have seen remarkable focus from the traders that are in our mentor program and I do feel that that is a great way of maintaining engagement and fascination for what is possible. Number nine is be heart healthy. What is good for your heart is good for your brain. And that also includes, which is number 10, eating what they call a mind diet. Basically, it means adding more fresh fruit and vegetables and fish to your diet. So watching your diet, making sure your social connections are in tip-top shape, and being engaged and focused so that you have a level of goal direction. All of these things mean that you can keep on trading into your 90s and maybe beyond, just like our lovely friend Ted, who died at the age of 98 with the music still in him. He was an amazing man. I do wish you had a chance to meet him if you didn't get a chance to do so. He inspired me and he made me realise what was possible as we age so, think about those people around you who are stricken with memory loss issues, and maybe this will give you some motivation that there are things that you can do to improve your own personal situation. Louise Bedford here. My first profit was such a special moment. I still remember how special it felt to create money out of thin air. Victory confidence, I was hooked, mesmerised. What a beautiful thing. The fact is, trading changed my life. It gave me the opportunity to quit my corporate droid job and step into a whole new world where I live by my wits. And I want that for you. I want you to experience what that feels like. This Sunday, August 6th, Chris Tate and I are running our short-term trading magic function. We've had a cancellation from someone attending due to ill health. So you can come along if you want to learn about our new four-hour short-term trading system. Go to tradinggame.com.au and click on the image on the homepage that says short-term trading magic. You only have until Thursday afternoon to book in because... After then, we'll be closing the doors forever. Go to tradinggame.com.au and book into our short-term trading magic now. And we'll see you on Sunday in Sydney. Hi, I'm Janine Alice, founder of Boost Juice Bars
1: and Shark on Shark Tank, and I listen to Talking Trading. Dr Jenny Brockers, author of Future Brain. Hello and welcome to Talking Trading. Hello. Dr. Jenny, can you explain what brain fitness is and why it matters?
2: Brain fitness or cognitive health is is really the ability to look after your brain so it works better for you. We, we, I think we all understand it's important to look after our physical health and our mental well-being. But the idea of looking after your brain in order to think better is, is relatively novel, and yet it's so important because we use our brain every single day to help us make decisions, to solve problems, and to learn effectively.
1: What do you think is the most important thing traders need to know about their brains?
2: I think, I think one of the things that they need to be aware of is the potential for addiction, because when we undertake something that we find rewarding, any sort of behavioural activity, the brain releases a substance called dopamine. That's part of our reward circuitry. It makes us feel good, and so every time we do that, we go. The brain goes, "Oh, bathed in dopamine, really enjoying that. Could you do that again, please?" And it's the and it's the anticipation of the reward which also also motivates us to repeat the behavior, which is all well and good if it's something that means that the potential reward is actually a good reward, but sometimes those behaviors can lead us to getting sort of caught up in that behavior, which is actually um, not helping our overall brain health. And what I mean by this is, for example, if you take emails or text messages or interacting with our social media, we love that interaction. And it's because we get rewarded every time we get that little Update on our newsfeed every time we open our email box inbox and say oh new emails whoopie doo, um, that dopamine is surging and it makes us feel good so the the I think the potential risk for for traders is that you know the the anticipation of reward of getting a really good trade happening woof is extremely exciting. And the risk is you can get so caught up in it, you forget that actually there is life outside what you're doing.
1: Because they're addicted to the dopamine hit that keeps coming. Yeah,
2: that's right. And um, when they did studies on rats, and I hasten to add this was on rats, when they gave them the ability to press a lever to actually stimulate their pleasure center in their brain, they became so addicted to that wonderful sensation, they would literally press the lever until they died. They gave up everything else. I mean, that's shocking, isn't it? <laughs> so
1: so this is why just, you get workaholics.
2: Yes, because the, the compulsion is, is so strong, it's really difficult to let go.
1: <laughs> so is there anything you've discovered from all your research into how the brain works that could disadvantage a good training practice?
2: Well, I think it, it relates to that, that previous point that um, in order to think at your very, very best – they're, they're, first of all, you've got to address your phys- basic physiological needs. If you haven't had enough sleep, you're not going to be thinking as well. If you haven't had anything to eat, you, your brain's got no fuel to work on. Um, so so that's really important. And the other thing is to remember that every decision we make is underpinned by access to emotion. And in a situation such as trading where, you, where the – Supposition is that you're using just your logic and your analysis and your reasoning, you know, your prefrontal cortex to, to achieve the outcome. We forget that every decision still has that emotional basis. And we make roughly, on average, 30,000 decisions every single day, some at a conscious level and some unconscious. Um, and this all requires energy too. So it's about remembering, keep the energy up, and also remember that emotions play a huge part in determining what decision we actually make
1: so dr jenny as traders we tend to become very used to taking losses we are professional loss takers as opposed to professional winners in our minds how do you suggest traders get used to taking losses
2: well this is probably one of the biggest challenges that traders face because as humans we tend to be very risk averse. In fact, you know, the brain will move away from anything that that is potentially lost. So we we always sort of try to sort of look for the the gain wherever possible. Um, And we're we're terrible at future planning and we we tend to (laughs) overestimate how much we can do um, in the, in the, the time that's actually required to, to perform a task. So, you know, we, we overload ourselves and then go all hung up and, and sort of angry with ourselves, beat ourselves up because, you know, if we sustain a loss, it makes us feel terrible. When, when we're, when we're faced with that position, the brain sort of gets into the stress response. It's that fight, flight or freeze. Feeling that horrible sinking feeling, oh, my goodness, I've made a loss, um, stimulates our limbic system very quickly. And so it's very important to have that emotional intelligence available to us to help to regulate that, to keep it in perspective so that you can keep things under control and know you've got sort of plan A, B and C in place for to prepare yourselves, you know, what if this happens and it doesn't go the way I really want it to, you're already prepared to move forward to the next step that's going to help you to recover from that. So it's about being prepared, being, knowing that the impact it's going on, on to have on your brain and also to have a little bit of self-compassion because, you know, if you, if you, if you have, you know, a whole series of losses, it can start to make you think, well, I'm hopeless of this. This is no good. I'm going to abandon this. You know, well, what was I thinking about getting into this in the first place? And just to remind yourself, hey, you know, we're human. We all make mistakes. We don't always get things right every single time. And particularly in the trading situation, where, as you say, the chance of getting a loss is, is probably going to exceed the chance of you getting a gain. So you have to be resilient to to that and build prepare yourself as best as possible.
1: Any other tips on building resilience?
2: I think that comes back to the external supports as well because um, you can teach yourself how to be more resilient by making sure that you've had the sleep and you've done the exercise and you've eaten food regularly. But it's about hanging out with other people to... Uh, maybe talk about, you know, hanging out with other traders to talk about their experiences. That's always useful. Having a community that you can fall back on um, and to, you know, chill out with other people doing other things. So you just, it just reminds you that it's all about keeping perspective.
1: Let's talk about mindfulness and how mindfulness Mm. can help you regain the clarity of your thinking.
2: Mm. Mm. I think mindfulness is a wonderful tool that is becoming increasingly valid in today's crazy busy world you know working really hard you know we, we, we've got so many super intelligent people doing amazing work and this but this over busyness and this sort of ongoing connection with our technology is actually making it harder for us to switch off <sighs> I mean they, they estimate that the average person spends about ten and a half hours engaged interacting with technology I mean, that's just an average your average joe and of course specific occupations and i imagine trading would be one of these is that you are spending a lot of time in front of a screen or multiple screens and that's stimulating your brain enormously adding to the perception this is what the research is doing it's adding to the perception of time poverty that time's passing too fast and that's stressing us and of course if you're feeling more stressed your your you're, you're limbic system is activated, which makes it harder to access your prefrontal cortex, the part of the brain we use for logic, analysis and reasoning. So as emotions go up, ability to really think clearly starts to be diminished. So mindfulness is a tool to help us to slow the brain down a little bit. It's not about emptying your mind or anything like that. It's just helping us to calm the brain down so that you can regain that clarity of thought. And while as a doctor, I used to refer people a lot to mindfulness classes to help them to deal with their stress, especially if they were suffering from anxiety or depression. Increasingly, the research is showing it's fantastic for helping to hone attention because you're using in mindfulness. Most people use the breath as an anchor to focus on and by bringing your attention to the focus of breathing over and over and over, it makes you better at focusing. Because we we spend half, about just under half of our time awake, either future planning or worrying about what's happened in the past. We're not in the here and the now. (laughs) And of course, if you're working as a trader, you need to be in the present moment. You need to see what's going on and so they're using mindfulness increasingly in the workplace, in the education sector. They're teaching it um, in the army as well for similar reasons. Because, and this is being taught to recruits. Because they understand that you know, if you're in a, in a situation where you're being fired on, for example, you have to take in a lot of information very fast, keep emotions regulated and under control to come up with the best decision possible in that split second, which is possibly going to save your life and that of your comrades'. So that's why it's being embraced in that arena. And, it's been, and so it's being embraced in all sorts of different arenas. And I think it's, while it's important to remember it's not the panacea for the world's ills, it is <laughs> a very useful thing to add into our, our toolbox, if you like, to help us to know how to calm the brain down so that we have that clarity of thought to enable us to think at our very best.
1: Any other ideas to reframe stress? In today's social media busy life, that was such a good answer. <laughs> I,
2: I I think stress has had a bit of a bad rap, um, because you know when as soon as we talk about stress, everybody goes straight to the negative, and I think it's important to remember that stress is actually a good is good for us, because we've we've evolved because we have. Um, the ability to respond to stress. A little bit of stress is fantastic for getting us up out of bed in the morning, for giving us that little zing of excitement and, well, you know, what's this day going to bring? Let's rise to the challenge. That's good stress, what we call eustress rather than distress. So eustress is perfect, but it's, it's recognizing that we all have our individual limits. And while a little bit of stress is fantastic to raise performance, if you have too much of a good thing, um, that's when we get into trouble and then we we fall into that mire of, oh my goodness, this is all too much and our coping mechanisms have been exceeded and then then it all goes to custard and we can't think very well.
1: Let's talk about exercising our brains at the optimal time. Is there an optimal time for our noggin? (laughs) (laughs) There is.
2: Um, Well, with physical exercise, um, it is recommended to do it earlier in the day rather than later. Why is that? Because it's been discovered that physical activity primes your brain to perform at a higher level. So you exercise first you get the benefits later. So so it makes sense that, hey, get up in the morning, go and do your run or your swim or your kayak. But as far as mental exercise goes – it's also recognized that we only have two to three hours per per day at tops of really good thinking time. I mean, we have 24 hours available to us, but most of us recognize that we're either better in the morning or in the evening. Some of us just float around and, you know, we can think reasonably well at any old time of day. Um, but if you're a morning person, then ideally you want to be allocating your heavy lifting thinking or the really challenging thinking at that time of day. So if you're a morning person, you're likely to be thinking at your very best. It's usually a couple of hours after you've, within a couple of hours of waking up. But when it comes to sort of stretching your mental muscle, this is about getting down to the brain gym. And that can be done at pretty much any time of the day, though I'd recommend that you don't do it just before you go to bed because you'll be stimulating your brain too much. But it's about sort of doing something outside your usual realm of thinking. So if you are a trader, obviously, you would be thinking about numbers and trades all the time. But what else could you be doing that's completely unrelated to that? And this is the time when you're having downtime, spending it with your friends and your family, having conversations about different topics, or it could be going out to the movies or or watching a play or something like that to start you thinking about something completely unrelated to what you normally do because your brain loves novelty. And in order to drive your brain's what we call plasticity to help you build a stronger, more resilient brain by creating more connections and associations, we need that exposure to new material. So it's about getting away from what you actually love doing to exploring other things and then creating a smorgasbord of different things to engage in as well, because that also helps to drive the plasticity. So if you're interested in language, you might choose to learn a new language. And if you're interested in music, you might take up a musical instrument or something like that. And then stepping up the challenge so that you don't just sort of stick at grade one, because you're always looking to drive your brain to get that little bit better, that little bit better.
1: (laughs) If you could share one item of information for listeners to take away from our discussion this morning – What would it be, Uh, Dr. Jenny?
2: (laughs) I think it would be to step away from the screen on a regular basis. Do what you do, love what you do, but remember to take time out because it's the time away from the screen when your subconscious can relax that you'll come up with all those brilliant, innovative and creative ideas and more insight.
1: Dr. Jenny Brock is author of Future Brain. Thank you for coming on to Talking Trading. My pleasure. Thank you. And that's all today, guys. Stay tuned next week for the coaches of coaches, the very famous Fortune 500 businesswoman, Ali Brown. You've been listening to TalkingTrading.com.au with Caroline Stephen. Make sure you are subscribed to this website to receive the very latest market views, commentary and expert opinion. Tune in next week as we've got a bumper show planned. Bye for now. The views represented on talking trading are generally in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regard to your own situation.